0: The
1: We did it! <laughs> hey, welcome to Also Music Stream. It is number sixty-five. It is it. number sixty-five episode. And uh, make sure you uh, friend and follow um, our stream and page on Facebook, and share our, um, our our stream on Facebook and all your favorite groups and all of your favorite pages, as well as YouTube, Twitter, and um, what's the other one? Twitch. Twitch. Son
2: of a Twitch. <laughs>
1: And if your guys are watching on there, make sure you hit the notification bell and all that good shit. You know how you know how it all works. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: Thirty seconds in, and we've already dropped profanity. I like it,
1: but good job. We have Jeff Shield from uh, Gravity Kills. We do.
2: I'm going to bring him on screen right now. Jeff, how are you doing this evening,
1: ladies and gentlemen?
2: Man, we are good now. Do me a favor. I, do, I was doing a bunch of research on you, and I thought, okay, I don't know if I've been saying this guy's last name wrong for for fifteen years. Pronounce your last name for me. Shell. Shale. Wow. Okay. But but you know darn good and well that uh, that that ten out of ten people call it say shield I'm sure which okay well we're not gonna do that tonight Jeff shell Jeff
1: okay, shell okay I it's like it. steel you know rock and roll metal like no, shield
2: no no it's shell <laughs> it's shield Panther
1: shield
3: Panther uh,
2: OK, well, now that we have that out of the way, I there's another thing I want to get out of the way. So I went to your page and it says former agent for Box Talent. So what are you doing professionally these days?
4: We've crossed paths. You know, I still work with some casinos in the state. But primarily doing uh, corporate stuff, too. And, um, you know, so the pandemic put me out of work for a year. As far as doing those things.
0: Right.
4: And, and so I've spent, you know, spent a bunch of time. I'd gotten married uh, in the meantime, gotten remarried. My daughter started high school here in Oklahoma City. Uh, so uh, my wife lives in St. Louis, which is close to my hometown,
0: mm-hmm.
4: where the band was based out of, where Gravity Kills was based out of. And um, so I sp- spent a lot of time. My daughter goes to high school here in Oklahoma City. So I was spending a lot of time going back and forth, then started back up in uh, spring of 2021. Um, It was a client that I'd worked with for years and years and maybe 20 years, almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to help them with their event. And I just thought it was uh, best to use the Box Talent platform because I'd worked with them for so long and I just didn't, you know, I felt better about that and then anybody who's been around the business a long time no, may have heard of david box and so i knew david and i called him and said hey let's you know i want to do this event but i want to do it through box County's like let's get the band back together and um and they just weren't they they just weren't in a position it was just a bad time i mean you guys play music
0: You know, you all
4: are awesome musicians and you play gigs and those gigs kind of didn't exist for a while. Right, Um, Right. which is why we're
3: doing this right here. That's that's how this started.
0: Yep.
4: You you know, and and I just want you guys to know that I tag along and I've been watching you guys, you know, and all your various projects and then this. And years ago, we met at, you know, Scott and Jana and I met at a D-Fest years and years and years and years and years ago. And I used to talk about creating a community. This was a long time ago. And what's amazing to me is really watching you all. Um, and there's other people out there that we all, that all of us know in the Tulsa music community that have really created, you guys took the opportunity with the gigs kind of going away to rally, you know, circle the wagons right and really create a community which is what scenes are built on they're built on the bands they're not built on fans showing up at a venue they're built on bands showing up at venues
0: mm-hmm.
4: and creating a synergy around the bands you know and taking away the bullshit competition and all the other stuff that maybe some of us got sucked into when we were Twenty sure, and then you realize, oh wow, some of the other bands. Like one, you become friends with them through the years, and two, you realize how amazing they are.
0: Yeah,
4: and you guys created a community, and I, I think I've reached out to maybe Jana, I reached out to you, and maybe Scott. You and I have, you know, um, DM this stuff too. That sure, you know, I, I, I think it's super awesome what you guys are doing, okay. and. Um, you know, and really bringing people together with music and creating it from the musicians out. Sure. And because I always thought that, you know, bands, we, and we've all been in these bands too, and I'm not going to sit here and preach. I'm an old man, but but I've just watched what you all have done. And I'm really, you know, it, it makes my, being somebody who was a, like, in a tertiary way, was a part of the Tulsa music community for a long time, Right, It makes my heart happy to see what you all are doing and, um, you know, all the communication that flies back and forth between all, you know, and I watch all the crosstalk on, on social media between you and, you know, 50 other bands and musicians and hundreds of musicians. And it just, and it's not something you know. If anybody's listening from Oklahoma City, it's not something that we have here.
2: I can't tell you what that means coming from you because you know there've been there have been some times when when Scott and I have had well I'm in a, private conversations now I'll make it public where we've really kind of thought about maybe hanging this up because you know sometimes you just feel like eh is it worth it? And then I hear something like that and it gives me the fire date to, to keep it going. And I really appreciate those words from you yeah. immensely. So thank yeah. you for and, that. Well, and,
1: and, and the same goes for you, especially, you know, doing so much research on everything, gravity kills and you and, and, and everything and how you were, you know, in the music scene out there in St. Louis and, and, and everything that was going on out there, which I'm, you know, just, Ready to hear some stories about that, you know, coming up in St. Louis and how you, you know, formed a big uh, music scene out there and and how you created something and then just blew the hell up, you know. That's just, you know, a story that is just ready for my ears.
2: Yeah, let's get into that, man. I mean, the, you're, of course, you know, Wikipedia is the source of all things yeah. truth, right? But it but is. there's there's a lot more to the story, I'm sure, than what's on there. But let's talk about that when. Uh, here it is 1994 and and you have this incredible way of of getting into the band and then you record this song within a week. Let me let you tell the story of how that all started for you with Gravity Kills.
4: I'll condense it as much as I can. Sure. Because it's a uh, it's it sounds like I'm going to sensationalize it and embellish, but these things really happened and it was crazy. I got to call it a Wednesday night. This is a maybe It's late September, I think, of 1994. I was living in Dallas. All these guys that I knew that were in this band that didn't exist at this time were living in St. Louis. The guys were all from Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, I get a call. They're they're trying to get on a local compilation with a radio station very similar to The Edge in Dallas. I mean, uh, The Edge in Dallas or The Edge in Tulsa.
3: Right.
4: And... And so they play me this piece of music and it's just, all I hear is, you know, I can't, you know it, we're on, we're on landlines in 1994, <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, Hey, I'm in, I got to call my boss. If you guys, you know, Hey, you guys get me an airline ticket. I'll fly up tomorrow. We'll cut, you know, get me some dinner. We'll cut the track, you know, we'll figure it out. So I get up there, hear the tracks, about 9:30 at night on a Thursday night kind of scat out some vocal melodies and, you know, everybody's get their way, but we didn't have any time. So I'm just scatting some stuff and everybody else is in the, the, you know, everybody's in the control room and I'm sitting out in this room by myself. I'd never, I knew these guys forever. We'd never work together. You know, we'd, I would go home on like holidays and then we would jam in somebody's basement, but there wasn't any like, you know, so anyway, so we're doing this thing and, and Matt Our guitar players is like I'm scatting some stuff and it sounds like he's like, sounds like you're saying I'm filthy. (laughs) (laughs) Which we wouldn't be having the same discussion, probably. So if that's what the song was called. So we so I think then Matt goes, No, let's try. How about guilty? So I'm going perfect. So I go in another room, write lyrics just as quickly as I can. You know, and it's just coming out. It's not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not writing Dark side of the moon here. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: You know, there's no, you know, I'm not, you know, we could, yeah, so I'm just writing lyrics, something that rhymes. You know, let's make some stuff that rhymes. Sure. Let's let's do the track. Uh, By about midnight ish, we start cutting, finish the vocal at about three in the morning. Mm. Um, Kurt and I leave. Matt Matt stays up. Matt stays up with Doug. They mix through the night. Do this is, Thursday night. Now they're into Friday. The song's due at five. They take a DAT tape to the radio station just before five o'clock. They get it in under the wire. We're not a band. So, anyway, so they, they, we get on the compilation. We're like, oh shit, now we're going (laughs) to piss some people off if, you know, if we don't do something, we don't cut some more stuff. So, the weekend that the, compilation is to be released in st louis they're having a party at a pretty famous venue in st louis doesn't exist anymore it's called mississippi nights place yeah. in st louis that everybody played if you, from the police to motley Crue played there at some point you know it was one of those venues that you just you know right. it's a really super famous venue in st louis so anyway that weekend we we do two more songs we cut Goodbye, which is the version on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, right? And then we cut um, a track called Inside, which is a, which is an album cut on the on the self title. So now we have three songs. I go back to Dallas. Now all of a sudden, for whatever reason, the just, the radio station decides to add the track. Hmm. You know the the compilation's long been sold out. They just decided it was a guy named Jim McGuinn and a guy named Alex Luke. Alex Luke went on to like you know I mean Jim and Alex both very successful people. Uh, Jim still in radio. Alex was at one point he was the head of music for Amazon of labor relations for iTunes at one point. This guy so anyway these guys put us they add us to add us to the points um, playlist. And so we were climbing every week and I would get a call from the guys and they go, Hey, we're at number 22 the yeah. next week. They would call and say, Hey, we're at number 14. And then it was like number eight, and then it was number three. And we made it up to number two behind Bush Saw a track, uh, it was everything. Zen, I think was wow. the track.
1: Yeah, that's good competition. The other,
4: well, Bush was in the same week. And so, of course, they're pumping the track. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, hey, we are still getting like, I mean, it's 50 spins a week. We're an independent band. Nobody's, we never played a live show. So now all of a sudden, the labels start coming in. And I'll kind of cut to, we go through this thing where it comes down, there was four labels involved. It comes down to Reprise T. We'd visited TVT. Reprise came into St. Louis, but they didn't fly us out. So we flew in, uh, met with uh, the infamous Steve Gottlieb at TVT records and we'd love TVT. It was mm-hmm. it's it's it was in uh, it was down um, on the lower east side not the lower lower east side it was down near NYU in New York City cool vibey part of town it felt very not corporate when you're in there and so we went with TVT but so we still haven't signed a deal with TVT. So we're they're funding a record we still haven't played a live show. We're finishing the record in New York City.
2: Uh-oh, did he freeze up on us? Oh, no. Uh-oh. He's gonna, His connection's been a little spotty since we started.
3: He's going to come back, though.
2: Come back to us, Jeff. I, I,
3: su- in I summoned the.
0: Okay, well, hang
4: on. Oh, here. yeah, I'm... I'm I'm a huge Depeche Mode fan. You know, don't throw anything at me. Um, And he engineered Speak and Spell, which was Depeche Mode's first record as well, and did a bunch of 4AD stuff. And anyway, so we're working with him. We finally play our first show a year and about six weeks after we formed as a band. Now, this is back to the St. Louis music scene. Mm -hmm. We were products of guys like Richard Fortas,
1: yeah,
3: isn't um, he? Uh, yeah, he's uh,
4: with Guns N' Roses. And Roses he, right, yeah. right. Yeah. He was in a band called Pale Divine, and before that, The Eyes. Um, he's the guy for, that looks
3: like Izzy, right?
4: Yeah, he's, he, he's looks like a total rock star. Like yeah. you know, has straight black hair and wears all the cool stuff, and <laughs> sure is like the coolest dad in the world. And so, anyway, and Richard's a great guy. He actually co-wrote a track on our last. Gravity Kills record on the third record. List. That's cool. And so, anyway, so we were pro- you know King of the Hill was from St. Louis as well, and and they they did some damage on the metal scene, and and there were bands like the Urge out of St. Louis, mm-hmm. that you know, ska you know punk metal band. Um, they signed a deal after us. They were signed a deal with a mortal. They did a track uh, called uh, Jump Ride right In with the Singer of 311 that did really well on MTV and that kind of stuff. And but all those bands preceded us. And right. so when we played our first show in St. Louis, nobody knew what the band looked like. They had heard uh by then they'd heard in St. Louis they'd heard two tracks. And then if they had the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, they knew three songs. We sold a thousand Room out. We had 900 paid. We put 100 on the list. And that was the reason we played this venue because they'd let us put 100 people on the list. Nobody knew what the band looked like. I stood out. We had three opening bands. I stood out and watched all three opening bands in the wow. middle of the crowd. Nobody <laughs> fucking knew who that's I was. That's awesome. That's, that's
3: like kiss like stuff, man. You know, yeah, that's really cool. You go out there and you can That's so watch.
4: cool. And, uh, but it was all because of all these musicians and fans that had created this insanely a uh, rabid, loyal St. Louis thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just, it was all, all the things you, you all hear about. This is luck. It was the right song at the right time. You know, we couldn't have foreseen that industrial music all of a sudden was going to be this in vogue thing, you know, mm-hmm. for a while, even like David Bowie did an industrial record. Um, right. you know, Rob Halford did an industrial record, did that two record. Um, um, you know, um, Gary Newman. you know, kind of started leaning into industrial right. music at that time. Then you had Filter and Manson, the, the Antichrist record came out after our record did. In fact, we stumbled in, we went to Trent's house in New Orleans, this is a whole other story, uh, and kind of interrupted them making that record. Oh, wow. Uh, one afternoon when we were playing in New Orleans. And so, you know, at one point then, we're now sort of a, um, you know, I mean, we're sort of becoming this, maybe you want to call it blink 182 of industrial, you know, I'm not, cutting our, <laughs> I'm not cutting, I'm not cutting that's my our band down, <laughs> but, but that's kind of what was happening. You know, we, we were four kids from St. Louis, every label that courted us told us we weren't going to be on MTV because our name wasn't Trent Reznor. We were
0: mm.
4: punch nails. Um, we would be traveling and, you know, we'd be touring forever in a van. Um, we wouldn't get much radio. Um, you know, I can remember the week we went to number one at K-Rock, New York, and L.A. the same week.
0: Yeah.
4: And so, we you know, so, but again, it was like the, calm, you know, big storm. It was the, you know, we we had the perfect thing at the perfect time, even though we didn't know it. Stabbing Westward had done ungod. Mm-hmm. But wither blister peel and burn wasn't when we started as a band that record wasn't out yet,
2: right?
4: You know, machines of loving grace were around. um you know, Of course, Ministry
1: filter um,
4: filter right. Hey man, nice shot. It, j- it was you know, and that's why we didn't want to sign with reprise because we felt like we were going to be Filter's little brother,
1: right? Yeah,
4: and you know, and it was Warner Brothers and you know, it was a Warner imprint and we just felt like we would get lost there. Who knows if that would have happened or not, you know, but what a
1: perfect this- timing though, with all those bands you're yeah. mentioning. I mean, I mean, even garbage and, and orgy mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, like you said, stabbing westward, all those bands. I mean, it's like, you know, the music scene, you know, just fit right in with you guys. It I mean, did.
4: I mean, yeah, or we fit in with it, you know, I mean, it was one, you know, it was just, it, it, you, it, we, you know, it was a, We were kind of, you know, even before, like, like corn was blowing up right when we first started playing those. And I met my, I met Sharon Osborne at a, you know, it was corn was opening for Ozzy on the Osmosis Tour. I was the geezer butler. uh, His wife is our manager. In fact, I bounced text with her today. And, and so, I met, so she went, I came to, went to a show in Dallas. She introduced me to a guy that ended up becoming our production manager. It was a guy that worked for geezers. Um, and so anyway, all this, like the point is, is like, we just happened to stumble into, you know, it was, we fell into dominoes that ended up falling in all the right direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Perfect. You know, and, um, you know, I, and it, I, I blogged about this and the, you know, maybe I'll post if you, if anybody follows Gravity Kills on Facebook or Instagram or any stuff. I just started an IG post because we we have vinyl coming out finally in twenty twenty. It's another story. But
1: Jana was gonna ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, I was yeah, we, we can jump we...
4: into that. But um yeah, the vinyl thing, Jana, was it was a challenge okay. um to get that going. Uh, TVT went bankrupt in two thousand seven, and I remember the day because it happened to be my birthday.
2: Oh, jeez.
4: Phone call, and we had left TVT. We had asked our way out of a deal. We ended up with a uh, imprint on BMG to the third record, but that's beside. So anyway, so the Orchard got the TVT catalog um, publishing. We were, our public TVT was our publisher as well. We didn't have a publisher a real publisher for years it was a bank Mm
0: -hmm. Hmm.
4: and we finally uh all that publishing including like all the nine inch nail stuff from up to i think up through with teeth was part of tvt uh publishing and so um so they had so now we're with a real publisher anyway so the orchard who you may be familiar with you know a huge digital aggregator of music a label in their own right they had our stuff they had the masters they're actually in the old tvt office that's where the office out of i could not get anybody's attention i've been i've been working on this for about five years just randomly there were people that i knew that were old tvt years and they kept sort of falling off like um you know, they kept um um like leaving or you know whatever right. they're doing, finding other jobs or whatever the hell was happening and and so i'd have an ally and they'd be oh yeah we're thinking about it and then they would leave and i'd have to you know I'd have to and finally it was a guy named john perone who was a radio guy TBT. and he's like you gotta contact he gave me this guy's name his guy's name is paul hanley at the orchard and i reached out and it was really funny because i did this sales pitch in the email i was like hey um you know, we, you were a TV, you own our catalog and we used to be on, you know, I'm typing, but down here, by the way, guys. And, <laughs> and so, and so um, you know, we, you know, um, you know, we were, you know, some, we sold a sizable amount of records, one record, you know, nearly about a half a million copies, blah, 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 all this stuff. I was like, yeah, we know who you are. <laughs> you know, it was almost like, you know, and, and so got shot to another guy, and they're like, hey, let's think about, it. we want to do this. We're like, awesome. But we don't want, you know, but do, then they're like, do you guys have the masters? Mm. We're like, <laughs> don't you have the masters? Oh, jeez. So cut to um, Doug, our the keyboard player, and really the guy in the band that he was the yeah, you know, he Production. was the guy, he was sort of the master behind the electronics guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he actually still owned, we did the first record in Sonic Solutions, if anybody is old enough to remember Sonic Solutions. <laughs> and we used it as a front-end editor. We record everything into it, and then we would edit it, and we would move it over to emulator fours, and then use prefer- that trigger stuff, vocals, guitar parts, bass parts, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and that's how we recorded the first record until we got to New York, finished it on tape. So, mm-hmm. Doug had had um, he was a naughty boy, and as we were finishing the mixes in New York with John Fryer, he was taking copies of the of the unmastered mixes. And he was, you know, and taking stereo mixes and putting them back into Sonic Solutions.
0: Oh wow! Well, mm.
4: Ugg still had the Sonic Solutions from 1994-95 that we used. Wow! He still had the Apple. We used the Apple II uh, Apple. It was an Apple CI, Apple two CI, whatever the hell it was. Um,
1: so you guys had to find a way to to get all of that from the from the old.
4: From Stuff old system, right into to, to a newer system, and, right? And so that was a nightmare. So, right. because because some of the hardware he didn't have anymore cables, they were building. He had he owns a studio in St. Louis, they were building cable, they were making Frankenstein tape drives, they were doing all these things. He couldn't make it work. Oh man, and so finally, I don't know, he got he ends up like. Diving back into it, and he's like, "I can make this work." If you've ever listened to our first record, and maybe you did for some research, if you listen to it front to back, we have these transitions that happen between, the, in some cases, you know, or the, or the songs bleed mm-hmm. into each other. And right. so, that was the part in which that was where we were breaking down. That where the info was breaking down between the sonic solution system and getting into getting into Pro Tools. Wow. So what Doug did was, all he did was edit, he grabbed the 44 one mastered versions of the songs and just edited in the transitions.
2: Oh my gosh. So who has the masters masters, like the actual but, ma- masters?
4: Who knows? Wow. Seriously?
2: Yeah, wow. Like cut,
4: yeah, cut to the, the end of the first uh, Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. where they're going through the warehouse and it goes on forever because oh. they're putting the, you know, they're putting the Ark of the Covenant away somewhere, the U.S. government <laughs> warehouse.
3: Isn't that crazy though that you spend, you spend all that time creating something and something you're so proud of and
2: God knows where it
3: God is. God knows where, exactly.
2: That's We don't know. Well, on top of we, that, didn't
1: they, didn't they take, uh, someone take that stuff off of like your Spotify, like, you know, you're Guilty and all that stuff is no, no longer. They,
4: well, no, that stuff's up when bmg you some you you've done some research though what happened was um bmg had so somehow had sold the masters to the third of the third record to universal mm-hmm. universal had it still had it up but then they sold it back to bmg that particular record that record that you're showing mm-hmm. superstar and it's point somehow it got lost and it wasn't up on streaming services that record wasn't up on streaming services but it is funny um at one point the orchard inadvertently on a um on a copyright infringement raid ended up removing the guilty video and a bunch of stuff from our official youtube
2: page oh my goodness wow wow that's and crazy. so anyway,
4: yeah, so I mean, we, yeah, we're, we, you know, we're like one of those bands, like, you know, you know, we were in Rolling Stone magazine, but never on the cover. And, right. and so, which is awesome. You know, in hindsight, it's like, I was lucky to, you know, super lucky and it was a great ride, okay. but you know, we weren't ever, even for the orchard, they're like, Oh yeah, we remember you guys. And, um, and so we, so we had to go through some of the stuff, but anyway, so Doug ended up creating, the, you know the master and taking the transitions mm-hmm. you know and then you know you've all worked in Pro Tools and maybe you work in you know whatever whatever doll you guys work in and you know and crossfade crossfade and plus those those levels were so low you guys probably know on when we did records in the 90s we fucking ruined them through <laughs> mastering
1: right
2: <laughs> oh yeah
0: yeah
4: because if you wanted to be loud um, you want to be the loudest, you want to be the loudest band on the radio and you want to be the loudest band at the Best Buy listening station. Right. And so if, you know, people that I know that, you know, that listen to vinyl and we've t- talked about this stuff, what happens is they take some bands just use these compressed files because they don't have the, the original masters. And they just call them these. They're just these blocks, these compressed blocks of noise, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And 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 if you listen to vinyl, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I. I, you know, I own some vinyl, but it's only stuff that I've collected that I'll never listen to, have anything to play it on. Right. And, but we weren't going to release this if we couldn't. That's that's why we were talking about it. I was posting stuff, and then we went away f- with it for a while.
0: Mm-hmm
4: because we weren't we were like fuck this we're not going to sorry people listening no you can we're say you okay, so we 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 were not going to release of you know have a vinyl release if it was if we were going to use the mastered files you know that they mastered for a CD right and you know because it and it, you know it was just like what's the point mm-hmm. um, it's going to sound like shit and a few cl- Electors will buy it, but people won't listen to it. Like people that, you know, the people that would still listen to that record. Um, you know, we wanted to make it a different experience than putting a CD in and it just, you know, and it making the, you know, your Alpine speakers and your, you know, and your 68 Camaro explode.
2: Yeah. Now tell us and, again, Jeff, You because the, the, the connection on your end tonight is just a tad spotty. So every now uh, and then you... You kind of freeze up yeah, and turn back. No, you're good. Um, but I want the viewers to make sure they heard right. The vinyl is coming out in twenty-three or twenty-four. Twenty-three.
4: Twenty twenty-three. Probably it's gonna be a summer release. Okay. We wanted originally we were this was supposed to be a twenty-five year anniversary release. Uh-huh. And and of course then we had the then we had the technical issues and we couldn't make it happen. It's the sticker though, and I didn't want to do this. Yeah, but I'm kind of glad we did. Um, it actually says 25, 25th year anniversary edition. Uh, it will have that sticker on the vinyl.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool.
4: And that's really what we'd intended um, to do this for. And then we're going to play play at least one show.
2: Cool. And, that was uh, the next question, if you guys
4: had any of that.
1: Right. I mean, you have a new Instagram. You're going to, you know, if the vinyl starts selling well and and things, I mean, is that something that could spark you know, some, some you know, reunion shows and, and, uh, you know,
4: yeah. To what extent, Scott, I don't know. Right. Okay. You know, that's, I mean, you know, but you know, cause nobody's, you know, we're as a band, I think we're fine with the legacy. If mm-hmm. That makes any sense. Sure. Um, and, you know, we've been fine with not playing
0: mm-hmm. if that
4: makes it, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, it was, it was a different time. Yeah. You know, I can go up and, you know, I can, you know, you guys know, cause you're, you guys still do this. I don't do what you guys do anymore, but you know, to get up and sing like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Scott, you're singing. Yeah. You know, and, and to be able to do that every, um, at a level that you want to do it at where, um,
1: yeah. You have to do it all the time in order for your voice to be in shape. Yeah, and then if you, right. well,
3: I could tell you a few names that didn't stop them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. look, Yeah. Brian, Sorry. I know that. Yeah. And I know, yeah, I know those, I know some of those people, we all watch the same. Yes, people.
3: we do. Yes, we do. And I'm not going to be an asshole. So I'm going to let yeah, you move on.
4: But, but, but this, I think the, you know, I think to how all of us would feel about that is, is that, you know you want to go out and represent because for a band like you know for a band like gravity kills we are you know <laughs> how do i put this and not sound like I'm self-deprecating we're not relevant anymore if that makes any sense you know what I mean it's not like so when we if people will come to see us it's nostalgic for them sure yeah you know, isn't that
1: what kind of brings back brings it back a little bit I mean look at Look at all these, you know, the eighties bands, you know, that they kind of went away, but then they all kind of, you know, Rocklahoma's and all that kind of brought it Mm -hmm. all back. You know, I could see you guys getting on any kind of a tour that brings, you know, bring, you know, filter and all of them. And you kind of do your thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. hell, the grunge guys were kind of getting back out there and doing their thing. And, and, uh, you know, I could see something like that, like you guys getting on a tour with garbage, or you know, with, you know, a bunch of those kind of a style bands, and then kind of bringing some of that back. If you, you know?
2: desire that, I mean, yeah. there's
1: still yeah, enough yeah. of them to package package together, right? Yeah, on a, like yeah. a package tour.
4: You guys are, yeah, you guys, everybody, you got all make great points. I think it's our, it's kind of where we're at with, you know, I think with even just the way we view the band. Is that I, we're kind of fine, not, you know, kind of fucking with the legacy at this point.
2: Yeah, right. and, I got
4: you. And it's not that, look, I can go out and I'm, you know, for my age, I'm still in great shape and and I could get, you know, I could sound proof for a show um and could put on a good show. Last show, we haven't played in 10 years. And we played in St. Louis with the urge. Right. I felt like I'd been in a car accident.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's how we feel every weekend. Now, you said right, you, I,
1: you counted on your. You know exactly how many shows you guys actually have played since your since you guys did break up. And you, I think your your count was like eight times. Wow. Yeah, right? that's
4: it. And yeah, we've been and we've been fairly yeah. And I think, but we want to do it again. I think. um and for a different reason, and maybe I'm going to sound like an old guy. And, you know, I've sounded like that all night. So I'll just keep keep that theme going. All of us have kids now. Sure. And I've got a 17-year-old daughter who wears Gravity Kills T-shirts.
3: That's cool. That's she, really cool. Yeah.
4: She laughs at, you know, she's like, you know, she, or she'll have friends. In fact, she's got a friend. This is going to be a weird story. Who knew of me. This is a friend who's uh, I think a year younger her high school, a guy she knows that knew me was, was apparently kind of stalking me on my personal Instagram account mm-hmm. where I post pictures of my daughter and oh, then boy. saw my daughter at high, at their high school and was like, oh my God, you're Jeff Shell's daughter. Wow, which is so strange because it's so out of context. Well, it's you also he
3: pronounced the last name right too.
4: Yeah, well, he probably didn't. It was just me saying it. He probably said Jeff Skeel or <laughs> You Yeah, know, whatever. And and so he. So the point is that you know I'd like for my daughter to see me do it. To see me do it. I got a ten-year-old stepson. You know, drummer's got three daughters. You know, uh, you know, guitar player's got a couple kids. Doug, who is he's the youngest member of the band, but probably you know for you know rock musician, maybe you know, on the older side of the curve, he's got like a three year old now. Mm. Wow. And so, um yeah, he started way late. but he but anyway, we kind of yeah, you know, we kind of envision having a show where the kids can see it as well and mm-hmm. and you know where they can kind of go hey man your old man was kind of you know oh yeah my old man was kind of cool and mm-hmm. um because my daughter laughs at this stuff like you know she'll see pictures or she'll have friends that will like pull stuff up and she, they'll you know they'll you know they'll snapchat something to her or whatever it's like me in some like silver pants or something and uh, <laughs> You know, that's
2: and
1: what super, daughters do, man. Well, and yeah, we do have a Halloween right? video out there, you know. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, you know, that. Yeah, the and there's a story behind that too. We did that. I did that the night we the night before. you are talking about a Halloween show we did in St. Louis in 1996. Yeah. Two nights before that show, we did we opened for Tool in Los Angeles, um, and that's where I got the idea. We you know, cause we knew that they were going to do something crazy. It's tool and Maynard and it's going to be, you know, and plus we knew that people wouldn't care about us and you know, how are we going to make an impression? So that's what I did. I went to, my manager took me uh, to West Hollywood where I could find probably the most thongs for dudes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, very Scott Weiland.
4: Yeah. Know. Yeah. And, and so, right. So I bought a green thong we get, found orange body paint. I did my hair green. Wow. I painted myself completely orange head to toe. And I wore a green thong and my black boots.
2: Nice.
4: <laughs> and, and the and the only person I really felt sorry for was, of course, Kurt, our drummer, who had to stare at my ass. All right. For a, a set, two, not one night, but two nights. Oh,
0: man.
4: And, and, yeah. uh, and the first night we did it. Well, we're getting ready to walk on and we were in Los Angeles and we're opening for tool. And, you know, and you think that we, you know, what we, you, what band and you guys all know this, what bands talk about, what people think bands talk about and what they really talk about before mm-hmm. they go on stage, are kind of sometimes two completely different things. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we're sitting there going, Oh shit, this is, you know, these people are not going to care. And, you know, we're not going, Hey, come on, let's kick some ass. And, you know, we're just going, okay let's just kind of hold it together, you know, and (laughs) these people are going to think we suck. And let's just go out there and try to kick as much ass as possible. And the last thing anybody said to me, because I'm wearing a thong, of course, I've never done this before. I hadn't done it since. um, Except for one show in St. Louis and my Doug, the keyboard player, he walks on stage right before me and he looks at me and says, think about dead squirrels.
2: Oh my goodness.
4: You know it's like no dude i don't think there's going to be any issue with me getting aroused you know on stage while i'm getting booed by thousands of tool, tool fans, fans yeah. between between every so-, so um so that yeah that's the green thong story and the worn yeah. story but
2: Hey, do you have a few minutes for some uh, viewer comments and questions we want? Yeah, we, sure, of course. That's, that's part of the joy of doing this live is we can have this viewer interaction. Scott, do you want to take some of these or do you want me to I'll take it? I'll go them? right
1: ahead. I had some other questions I was going to talk to him yeah. about, but go ahead. Let me
2: do this real quick and then I'm going to, I'll am going i pass it over to you. And and I don't want you to get away from us, Jeff. I have one more story, quick one for you at the end. Uh, okay, cool. But here's a comment from our friend Wayne Adams. He said, last, last time I saw Gravity Kills was at the Hard Rock casino and the DJ was five times louder than the band was allowed to be. I enjoyed the show but was mad at the crappy DJ and he was super loud. Anyway, he really enjoyed that show.
0: Uh, That's super cool.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. He also said I, your your version of Personal Jesus is way better than Manson's. I agree. Uh, <laughs> nice Matt Graham you. is saying Jeff, where can I get some of those Gravity Kills shirts?
4: Oh yeah. gosh. We're going to reissue say we're going to we are in talks about reissuing just the the first uh the original logo shirt you know it's just the the oval logo Uh
0: um
4: we're probably going to go ahead and reissue that uh at some point in the near future and that's all you know everything is everything is about the vinyl release at this point so um and we're talking about doing a white t-shirt for the very first time
0: Mm
4: -hmm. uh, with sort of a you know, the, the oval logo, but very simplistic and just, you know, just black and, you know, just black and white. Right. Um, cause we've never done a white shirt before. And, um, but yeah, so that answers that question. Cool. Scott,
1: go ahead. I'm sorry. So, um, your debut, you get, you know, gravity kills debut, 120 minutes on MTV. What was that like? That had been just mind blowing. Mm-hmm.
4: It was, we were in Orlando, Florida, uh, the night it debuted and we were on, we were out with a band called sister machine gun, right? They're a wax tracks band, Chris Randall. Now he's like, you know, he's like this electronic genius guy. I mean, he's, you know, and, um, they took us out. We were, we all crammed into one hotel room because we were at this, on this tour, we, we were sharing a bus with sister machine gun. And so we'd get like, so we'd get like one hotel room, like we would get a hotel room so we could shower and you could kind of stretch out and get away from, you know, as I think we had, we had the legal limit of people on this bus (laughs) and maybe then some, depending on, you know, who
1: tagged along,
4: (laughs) who tagged along or, yeah. I mean, I can remember people sleeping in the front lounge and, you know, and, and so anyway, so we crammed it into a room and we'd seen the video, obviously, you know, we had already, you know, we, we, had, we'd, we'd, we'd all seen the video, but we're, we're in, um, you know, we're in this hotel room watching it on this television. And it was when you saw the stamp, you know, down in the, right. down in the mm-hmm. corner, you know, gravity kills, you know, the director, you know, TVT records, <laughs> name of the, you know, all that stuff. And that was the moment. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, a couple of us were jumping on the beds and it was like, you know, <laughs> course, we're like, course. yeah, and, and it, it was something, and I was at the time, you know, and we can do the math here, um, and I don't talk about my age very much, you can do the math, I was 31 years old mm. and didn't think that it was ever going to happen to me, you know, mm. just sort of, you know, you kind of made it, you know, you feel like you at that point had made it by attrition, you know you just stood out in the rain long enough with a nine iron waiting for lightning to strike you just stood out there longer than other people stood out there right and then what was cool that the first record we had three videos that made it an active rotation off the first record yeah the second video uh, was off the escape from la soundtrack mm-hmm. with the single on that on that album and um that was a great soundtrack as well mm-hmm. um And so we, so it was a different version of blame. That's on the album. A guy named Scott Burns. If you know who he is, he's, Mm -hmm. uh, he's a, he's a, like a metal producer out of Florida and he'd redone this remix for us. And that's the mix that we used for that. And then enough off the first record was also an active rotation on MTV. And
1: which is a really uh, great song.
4: And and thank you. And, um, and the first, the two videos, enough and guilty were directed by the same guy, guy named Rocky Morton. Um, directed i want to golly which um he i I'd, I'd have to look and, and see what it you know other other things he directed um you know most notably though it wasn't a music video he directed the max headroom movie yeah Max oh, Hedrum, wow. yeah. um but that was you know it was a super cool time and you know a guy named peter christopherson uh directed the blame video for the escape from la soundtrack and he was in a band called throbbing gristle which was, which is sort of the, is there's sort of, you know, they're given credit for being the, the origination of industrial music. Mm. Oh, cool. And yeah. yeah. And he ended, I think Peter Christopherson also directed, I think he directed Bulls on Parade as well. Oh, wow. Um, at Rage Against the Machine. I'm pretty sure he did. You can wow. you know, go Wikipedia it, and we'll <laughs> yeah. find out. Cause Cause that's, yeah, right. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> what yeah. the real truth is on that, but. <laughs> right.
1: You know, we recently, we we lost Greg Kozak from Z104.5, uh, The Edge, here in Tulsa. We actually did a a, a show, um, a tribute show about him. And how instrumental was Z104 for you guys as well? Because, I mean, I, would rem- I remember every time I turned on Z104, Guilty or Nuff was always on the radio. And I don't know how much you guys, once you guys blew up, I'm sure you guys what was life changing and probably didn't know much about the scenes because you guys were probably constantly touring and on the road. But do you remember any uh, experiences here at, um, in Tulsa with the edge?
4: I remember the first time I met Greg. Wow. Um, because I kept calling him Dave. And, <laughs> um, and the problem was there was a guy that was on the edge station in, phoenix call his name was dead air dave and he also had long straight blonde hair oh wow and so this was something that greg and i had between us i said i'm never gonna forget your name because you're the anti greg brady <laughs> that's how i that's how i remembered his name and so subsequently we did he was the first guy that we interviewed with when he did afternoon drive on the edge yeah first time. And we played, we were playing a show at icon,
3: David Souders.
4: Yeah. And yeah, Dave. And, and it was, I can almost, let me I can close to tell you the date. I think it was around, I think it was like February 21st, 1996 when I met Greg Kozak. Wow. Wow. And so anyway, so yeah, he ended up, um, later that year we, we played at what's now the Tulsa theater. Mm -hmm. The Brady then we played there in December of 96. Greg hung out with, he hung out with us backstage the whole time. I'll tell an off color story. It was, uh, it was a band member's birthday. Um, Our tour manager had arranged for some adult entertainment in the dressing room. (laughs) (laughs) And so Greg happened to be there. And we made this poor girl uh, dance to uh, a track off the Train Spotting soundtrack. Oh wow! That was like eight minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And, and, and Greg was there for that. Wow. Oh, and we were la- and, and I remember and you know and Greg you know he's one you know he, he's unforgettable once you meet him you can't you know his stature uh his voice his um he had an enthusiasm that when you walked into a radio station i'll give you the antithesis of that walked into 91x in san diego it was an afternoon drive shift the guy did not care that we were there san diego wasn't a big market for us you know we k-rock in la was super good to us but you know an hour 10 minutes south san diego we weren't we weren't punk enough um and so the guy obviously did not want us there so anyway he's like you know had done zero research you know probably looked at the one sheet uh so you guys are from st louis what's that like that was his question (laughs) (laughs) and i said squeal like a pig and I started going off on doing that, and we're going to cut. Co- they went right to commercial. We got escorted out of 91X. Never went back. That's wow. the antithesis. That guy didn't care. First time I walked in to see uh, Greg, he had talked about because he he uh, he was a DJ at a at a country bar. Is that right. correct? The yeah, That's Caribbean. right. Right. So he told me that he would spin. There was a mix of guilty that he would spin, and he's telling this stuff the first time because back then like as you're working a record in the old days they would send out especially a band like us they would send out these white labels to clubs Mm -hmm. you know so they would get them to spin them in clubs you know we never went to japan but you know people have said hey man i was in a club in tokyo and heard a mix of guilty or whatever and those were all probably just white labels that people were sending you know they and because you know we did have a guilty remix record but that's beside the point so anyway so they so he was telling me about all that stuff, wow. and and you know and so when I moved to Oklahoma, the first time I ever this is the first night I'm ever out in Tulsa, and everybody knows Steve Kitchell, yeah, mm-hmm. and Steve Kitchell had just opened one of those, the um, brink. you know, no what no it was one of those plate it was down on it was down on First Street or wherever all those places are. But it was a place where you know the girls get up on the bar and they dance yeah. like you know Coyote Ugly yeah, kind of uh-huh. thing. <laughs> and and somehow like Steve Kitchell was in there and I'd I'd stumbled in there. Well, Greg was doing like a Greg was doing a remote from there.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
4: And I and this is 2003. Wow. And I just walked in and stumbled and there he is. Hmm. You know, and so, yeah, so, yeah, when you guys, and I've got a picture um, that Chuck Stickles sent me when Guilty was a single and they would send out, um, you know, they'd send radio stations, they'd send jocks things, you know, thanks for adding the track or spinning the track. And we had, and I, well, mine's too far away. Like Sweetwater,
3: they send you like a little candy too.
4: (laughs) Right right this was a gavel and it had our logo on it and said guilty it was a gavel like a judge's gavel and chuck stickles sent me a picture of the one that tvt records sent to greg kozak
0: oh wow and he
4: still had it and it was when they had gone after he passed away um and he had and chuck somehow i guess it ended up over there um Chuck saw that and took a picture of it and Greg still had it in his home that's cool
2: let me tell you what we discovered about Greg during during this whole unfortunate uh, losing him he saved everything absolutely everything
3: I think he had things from all of our bands yeah
2: I mean so that doesn't surprise me in the least and I've got a couple more uh, viewer questions in here give me like Give me like 90 second answers on these. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm
4: long winded. I apologize. No,
2: no, you're fine. We just don't want to take up too much your night. So the first one is from Rob Merrick. He says, do you think electronics have become too easily accessible and cheapened or watered down uh, the experience with making electronic music? You can almost make an album on a phone rather than a whole rack of gear these days.
4: Uh, Yes and no. My answer is that the people that do it well... There are people that do it well, and there are people that take shortcuts. My ninety-second answer is: we've all watched the uh, we've all watched the documentary Sound City, probably.
2: Yes, yes. love okay. it. Okay,
4: well, to me, the message behind that movie is not so much. The first time I watched it, it was about the loss of you know it was moving from tape to digital, sort of how that disrupted the business. The second time I watched it, the message I got was. The art of making a record has been lost, Mm -hmm. not because of the technology necessarily, but because it is, it can be a shortcut. But if you're going to make a record, which all of you, all three of you have made incredible records, it's not something that you can do simply, you know, very easily from your phone. You know, Mm -hmm. you can do it. You can suck it and do it, (laughs) you know, but... (laughs) You know, but if you're going to do something that's real and something is going to connect, you might get lucky and records are made on laptops and all that stuff. But it's the art of making a record. You know, we did records in purely digital formats years ago. The third record we worked in Pro Tools took us two and a half years. We did 35 done produced songs for that for that record.
1: Wow. You know, and this, how, how tough was that to bring that out live? I mean, you yeah. guys were a very energetic band yes. live, but you know, back then it was you know having the tools for live was just kind of rare, and and you know, yeah, very you had to pick and
4: choose, Scott. Sometimes you know, and um, you know, and we would put just enough. We use tracks. I mean, it was, you know, it's no, it's no secret. Mm-hmm. So. But we would make sure, you know, I would get accused of that my vocals were, I always thought this was super funny. And it was like, no, oh, you're, you know, your vocals are canned. it's like, there was a guy in Boston came to see us. He was friends with another writer that had told him that our, that my vocal was canned. And I was like, you're staying for the show, right? He's like, yes. I said, you're going to go, you're going to stand over the monitor world. You're going to stand the monitor desk.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're going
4: to, and occasionally I'm going to tell my monitor guy and he's going to solo my vocal for you oh wow and it was always a compliment because like if you, somebody thinks they sound that great technology we would just you know we would pick and choose uh we did play one show without any electronics as a band wow. we thought it was horrible <laughs> or our tour manager and we had to play because our shit went down we were playing with ah oh shit who the hell were we playing with we were playing, it was at uh, the palace in Auburn Hills, Michigan. And we were on stage and our shit went down and we're like, okay, we got to do this or we're going to get booed off stage. And so we just, so we'd go and we'd, we'd huddle and we go, Hey, okay, let's play this. And we, you know, German would you know, do this and we, and we played it. And our sound guy, you know, he was just throwing some Perry uh delays on my voices to fill up the space mm. and, you know, and, and our guitar player was going all Steve Stevens with some crazy shit. And, <laughs> and, and, and we pulled it off. And when we left stage, we were like, oh, my God, we're practically in tears. We did get booed. Jeez. <laughs> but it was only because we didn't play guilty.
2: Uh,
3: so, so I'm sure you saw that news about falling in reverse. And it's like, sorry, guys, we can't play because we lost our computers. You got an opinion well, on that?
4: I do. One, that's super fucking poor planning. If you don't have that stuff backed up to a hard drive, you deserve to fucking cancel a tour Yeah. if you don't have that stuff. But two, you know, I mean, there are bands and we talked about it we off and on. We just never got to the point where we felt like we could expand the band enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You, know, if, you know, and maybe if we were, it got to a point, in some markets we would play theaters, but generally we were playing like, you know, depending on the market, maybe you play. You know, maybe you play for eight hundred people one night, and then the next market you're playing for thirty five hundred people. Mm-hmm. And it was you know, so we never got to a point where we go, okay, we can bring on two more people, and mm-hmm. we could have somebody dedicated, maybe just to triggering samples and playing some keyboard stuff, mm-hmm. and then maybe bringing in an extra guitar player or whatever those things were. We just never got there. I think my opinion on that is there's a <laughs> is fucking be redundant if you're going to do that Um, and what they should have been able to do is go oh we have everything on a hard drive let's go to the Apple store or you know OWC and we'll have a you know we'll have a laptop tomorrow and we'll throw the shit on there and we'll play the show but you know I mean there's some bands that you know just cannot you know they just can't do it and um, they just can't technically do it and you know, we were bored Obviously, when we played that show in Michigan, guys, it was different. You know, yeah. it wasn't I'm sure you felt. Wa- na- you
3: probably felt naked up yeah. there.
4: Yeah,
1: and and it's we a little do. thin. I mean, if you're right. so used to your show being thick, like you said, you had they had to do things to add thickness to it and to fill space up. And you know, it, it's exactly right. Is it just feels thin? I mean, you, you if you do like a show that's got like, you know. 95% of it's, you know, tracked or whatever with keyboards, uh, rhythm guitar, whatever mm-hmm. the courses. And then you do like one or two without it's like, whoa, whoa, that's completely different, you know?
4: Yeah. And, you know, and subsequently, you know, I'm to a point now, like, you know, I started talking to a, you know um, I just recently had some stuff happen personally that have kind of pulled me as, you know, sort of out of life a little bit, but, Without going into that, um, I don't know if any of you all saw. I did a track right when Russia went into Ukraine. I I was asked to be on a on a track. Was not making a political statement, by the way. So I don't want us to I don't mm-hmm. want us to get off in the weeds on some bullshit sure. political <laughs> thing. Somebody asked me they were doing a track that was going to benefit. It was, they were funneling money to UNICEF to help people who had been displaced from a war. Hmm. Had nothing to do with my view of any of the other shit, except I wanted to help these displaced people. Sure. And so it was done through a small label out in California, um, back to my connection with John Fryer. And so I did the track and I got and it was talking to them about doing some new music. And so where, we're, where I'm gonna connect this to our conversation is it's like what would i do now that was different than then musically yeah you know, i'm gonna do some st- I'm, I'm, we've been talking about me doing some music That's how cool. would that be different is that it's going to sound a little more not a little more it'll sound a lot more organic
0: mm.
4: you know you know the stuff that turns me on now um you know i you know i'm not if anybody's listening and they're gonna I'm not going to, I'm not shitting on any bands. I, I don't listen to KMFDM anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not into the four on the floor, you know, super digital thing anymore. Sure. And maybe we kind of did some of that stuff. I mean, we only cut live tracks on a few songs on our records, but it was, always, believe it or not, uh, aside from one track, um, all the bass parts on Gravity Kills Records, it's a real bass player. It was either me or it was Matt or it was Kurt. Um, you know, guitar stuff. You know, the first record we cut to tape. Uh, we retracked all the guitars, all the bass parts, all all the vocals to tape. You know, there wasn't any digital editing going on there. So I guess maybe it's my age. I felt I feel like if I'm going to do something now, I wanted to. You know, back to my Sound City comment. I want to do something that also shows the world that there's a process involved in this and that it's not getting on your phone and pulling up this, I and mean, it's not getting on, you know, and you, whatever doll you use, I use Logic. I've used Logic since Logic 5 it was owned by eMagic before, you know, before uh, uh, Apple bought Logic and uh, I have 32 tracks and um and i would cut stuff and i would do logic demos and we'd send them in the a room we had pro tools by the third record and um you know i like making records yeah. just like you all do you know yeah, it's yeah. There's, there's something to there's you know the you know this finding your way through you know solving problems Sometimes things happen easily. Sometimes they don't. Most of the time, they don't.
1: Right. You know, you and the that, main, and, did and, you write most of your lyrics?
4: I did. Um, I would get help on occasion. We shared everything as a band. You know, we didn't, you know, pub, uh, our, our, our publishing is all divided uh, by four, depending on, you know, we wrote. Um, actually, I have two connections to Guns N' Roses, Richard Fortas. And then a guy that I think helped co-write uh, part of the Chinese democracy thing, mm-hmm. uh, a guy named Gary Sunshine out of Los Angeles, he came in and co-wrote a song that didn't make the record, didn't make the last record. But, but yeah, we all we all just split shit up and we just did whatever we had to do. And if I I'd go write lyrics, uh, the best lyrics I wrote was were for the third record, second record they got better, first record, you know they were. Okay. At times, they were, you know, by the third record, it was very personal. I wrote an entire record about uh, my experience in psychotherapy for two and a half years. Oh wow! And um, and it's very personal. Although you know, you put stuff out, and you're all songwriters, and you get this—that so you know, you you don't want to give away the farm, but you got to connect with people, and you got to write about stuff that's real, and. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's what making a record is back to the technology thing. I think, man, you can have a laptop, but man, if you're not grinding it out and if it's too easy, it's probably, you know, it's probably not always the right answer. So give us an
3: example of what a brand new Jeff Shell would sound like.
4: Oh, man. (laughs) Um, It's going to have, I would love live drums all the time. Mm -hmm. Of course. Which we didn't do before very often um i would want um you know bass wise i would want something that would be a little edgier i don't want to tune down ever anything below a a d right um and the guitars i would want to keep a you know much to jana's dismay i would like to keep them a little thinner i think gravity at times we were um we fetish fetishized fetish fetishized, <laughs> uh, get, yeah, guitars yeah guitars at times and um and we would if we had one track of guitars we had 50 tracks
0: yeah
4: and they and guitars for me where I'm at now I would like to do mixes and songs that had a little more air to them
0: mm-hmm.
4: um you know that you know where you had you had something going on between the you know between the, in the in the spaces or gave you spaces and um and plus i'm nowhere near the guitar player that jana uh you know i'm probably where she was when you know when you were nine janice <laughs> <third. laughs> wait a minute <laughs> and you know and i was pretty proficient by the third record i was i was a guitar player first became a drummer in grad school i did nothing but go to piano lab, I was in North Texas. So I wasn't a music major, but I spent all my waking hours in piano lab there. And and so uh, guitar was, guitar is still the instrument I go back to if I want to pick something up and play, mm-hmm. it's the, you know, makes the most sense to me. You know, when I look at a fretboard, it makes more sense um, and, it's the, and I can put it down for a couple months and I can pick it up and I can play. Right. Not well, but I can. Now, yeah, well enough. But that's where technology would come in. Isn't it? My ass off to get in sixteen <laughs> bars or something. There you
1: go. Isn't it inter- interesting? Like you see yourself the way, like you're, you know, wanting to change things up the way, then the way you were before. On how, how different your ears have changed, and, and just you yeah. personally, and your heart, and just how you see and feel things. I mean, do you look back at like some of those old videos of you out, out on YouTube? You know, you're getting interviewed with, you know, uh, Headbangers Ball. And you you're just like, I'm just not that guy anymore. You know, I'm, I'm someone different.
4: You know, Scott, it's a really good question because it's something that I've thought about. And maybe, maybe, and I hope, I hope none of you, and I hope none of you experience this. And I hope nobody listening takes this the wrong way. I shit on a lot of bands when I was younger hmm. and I was kind of that guy. And, you know, and it, I, you know, I was nice to people, but I would, you know, there's some, I have some regrets you put it that way. And I wasn't like, I wasn't like overtly on stage pissing on people, but my, the way I view things 25 years later, from that guy, you have to also remember too. This is—I don't want this to sound like an excuse, and I'm not coming off as being—you know—I don't live with a bunch of regret here, so I, you know, so I want to be careful to communicate that. The things I do regret, though, is that I let the I sort of let the the machine dictate. Who I became at times, yeah. and and what you know, and what made me that front man wasn't the guy that you wanted always to hang out with at the bar at the after the gig. Right. And so and I'm not trying to you know, I'm not trying to throw water on this. You know, we're you know, but but I think if you know, but Sky asked the question. It's a, and it's a really great question. If I could go back, you know, I was very conscious during the whole thing. You know, I remember dates, I remember places, I remember all that stuff, because I was taking it in. But the regrets that I do have are more along the lines of kind of, you know, how I approached things every day. Um, you know, I just posted something, and maybe in your research you saw, I, there's a band out of England called Skunk and Nancy. They are amazing, they're an amazing band. Um, We got to tour with them. Uh, They did a a European tour in 97 that we got to do. We did like 14 countries with them. And we were playing a show in Germany and they didn't give us a sound check and because they were gonna be on the Brit Awards and they were rehearsing the song that they were gonna do live on the Brit Awards. So they stepped on our sound check and i was pissed and so the singer like you know it's a fairly common thing had a had like a you know sort of a small like a park hand that would shine up on her and by the way skin, you ever see this i mean we learned so much from this band watching them every night we came back from europe a better band by touring with them for two and a half months almost three months probably so anyway this night Germany, I got pissed off. And after our set, because and they also gave us no room on the stage that night. Don't know why. I think that, you know, whatever was happening. And I fucking destroyed that light. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Had some aggressions to let out. Yeah. Yeah. It and,
4: and it was, except <laughs> they were about to take us. Yeah, you know, we were about to. Get, we were at that point. We were just there. We had done the tour long enough, where there we we had just gotten set for the UK part of the tour, which was like. And then you you think in the UK, it's like, you know, it's half the size of Oklahoma, really. I mean, the landmass is small when you think about it. But we were doing, I forgot how many shows we were going to do, like another three weeks. Mm. And and we were playing big rooms with them, and and so I had to. I had to go back and apologize individually. To, I went back and apologized to each member of the band. Wow. And, but a member of, it wasn't my crew, and I'm not going to tell you who it was, because because uh, I this person may be watching and they'll know and nobody else has to know. And so they said to me, Jeff, you became a rock star tonight when that happened. And it was back to me sort of you know letting the machine drive oh. and you know and that comment stuck with me because i look back now and i was like i was like you know that was not a good night for me sure and uh you know i looked i looked petulant and immature and any other word we could stack on top of that um and people were there to see them. They, you know, they weren't there to see us. At the time, we had a single that was starting to, you know, was getting MTV Europe and UK, and we were starting to have people show up at venues. I remember the first show we had, and we were in Madrid, where there was like a group of like ten kids right up front. And they're singing every word to the every song that we were doing, and it was freaking. You know, it was like that was the first time it ever happened to us outside of the U.S. And so I remember that night and. Anyway, so I I guess the point is that, that Scott, that's how I've changed. I could if I could go back and say, hey, you know, just perform but be a human being, and um, and you don't have to buy into um, trying to you know, a fan. People by their connection to the music create their own perception of what of who you are.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Right. You don't have to embellish that perception i guess is maybe and maybe some people do i mean marilyn manson made a career out of embellishing that perception alice cooper was just in tulsa Mm -hmm. he's the master of but alice cooper wasn't out on the road destroying other people's shit yeah Yeah, but but now,
1: now you see everybody on twitter and they're just like throwing slinging mud at each other you know all over the place yeah. and, and, and you know your sebastian box and everyone's just talking shit you know right there in public about each other and it's just like what world well, are we living let me, in? let me
2: assure you of this jeff because i mean i i know you said you don't live with regret and you have regrets i know you know this but i just want to drive it home to you none of us are the same people we were 25 30 years ago well, i mean we're We've all grown up and props to you for recognizing your shortcomings. I know you, you're a different guy now. You've you came on with us and immediately started giving us compliments and building our confidence. And that that means a lot to me. I want to I want to kind of start to wrap this up with you, but I want to share this story with you. And it's actually going to lead to my final question, because anytime we get a brilliant mind like you on the show, I want to take advantage of the opportunity because you're one of the uh, one of the guys in the business that knows and understands the business side of this music thing we do. So your time with Box Talent as a talent agent, now I'm going to share this funny story. It's going to lead to my last question for you. You know, Scott and I, we've been in cover bands since probably 07 together. And, uh, you know, metal kids, you know that. We're metal kids from the get-go. But we had our little time frame where... Dance bands were king around here, and so we, we tried to fit into that mold of, you know, play that funky music and brick house. and we had our yeah. eye on you, and man, you were at Elephant Run, and we were thinking, if we could just get on the box talent roster, man, the town would be our oyster, and we'd get to just be on, you know, this amazing circuit, and and so we're trying to snag your eye, and I remember, I think you said some things to us that to this day we, we absolutely laugh at, but it was true. You were like, I think you didn't know what to do with us because here we are, you know, metal kids trying to do dance. And you're like, guys, I I don't know what to do with you all. You know, you're up there playing Billy Squire doing windmills. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, if first of all, if I was really doing a windmill while I'm playing a Billy Squire song, I'm glad you didn't sign us because that's just stupid. But, no,
4: uh... but, you know, if that's what <laughs> I said, you know, I, look. I think get to your question because yeah, I'm, so the yeah, question I want be, okay. to be defensive. No no no,
2: you're good. The question is I know we have some other musicians out there. I try to help you know, I try to help our our community as you said earlier. People will contact me and say, "Hey, I'm trying to get my band into this club. What do I need to do?" And their focus always seems to be on how good they are. Help people understand out there it, it really that doesn't matter. It's butts in seats. So, what are some of the best things you've seen bands do that have led to their success and then what are some of their worst mistakes
4: i think first of all you have to hang if if you're a musician that wants to play let's you know pick a club where you guys play a venue that you guys play that you love playing and i know that you're you know separate bands and kind of doing some separate things but what i used to tell musicians like that would approach me about playing you know, let's say back in the old days, I mean, you want to play, you know, everybody wanted to play fish bones, right. you know, cause it was, it was like 400 people would show up, you know, it could be, you know, it could be, you know, two guys in a kazoo and a, you know, what, I mean, it was just, you know, people lined up there and they, people wanted to play there. I would tell people, if you want to play somewhere, you got to hang out there
2: mm, Okay.
4: first, because, these club owners get, you know, they're getting inundated with, you know, with email, text. Um, you know, back then it was, oh, here's my, you know, here's my CD or whatever it was. But if you could, you know, you could start building a personal relationship with, you know, if if people saw you in their room and you became part of that culture, right? You're going to get a shot eventually. Sure. And Um, and so, and one, just be, you know, be good. Um, if you're a singer, please leave your iPad at home, you know, like all of you play instruments, you know, you're not using charts when you're up there, you know, be rehearsed, you know, um, and yeah, I don't want to cut people down. I think most people obviously think they're better than they are and you know, and I think in most cases and some bands are far better than they know they are. But, um, I think you just, you know, do like you guys found something, all three of you in a cover situation. And now we're talking about being older. You all have found things that you were insanely already good at. Thank you all of you, what you do, you know, and I know that all like, and I know you all have individual, like original projects too, yeah, you know, but you're doing what you're good at. And I think the Mark, you know, back then, you know, like, you know, Brad Mitchell's listening, you yeah. know, the plumbers were, you know, in the early two thousands for, for like those kind of clubs. That's, that's what drove pe- That's what got people in. and even people like steve mccabe you know started playing you know play that funky music and um and steve does that very well there's not much that steve doesn't do well right and you know and so um you know they kind of morphed but then you know now steve is you know older and steve's doing you know he did multiple projects and poster child was probably as far as cover bands that was Steve was made to front that band,
0: mm-hmm.
4: you know, that was, I mean, he was put on this earth to be that kind of vocalist. And so I think maybe that's it. You know, there are places now in Tulsa that feature live music that are more open to, you know, to playing anything, but you know, they don't just play dance bands. Right. Right. And that wasn't the case. You know, when I started booking in Tulsa, it was 2003, And, you know, uh, in the height, you know, we talk about the plumbers. Brief story. Their last gig they ever played was a last minute gig at Fishbones. They'd already they they were kind of already breaking up. They they had two days to advertise this in the urban Tulsa. If we all remember the urban Tulsa. Sure. And they had 600 paid. Jeez. Um, You know, and and uh, was their last show. And that was kind of what Tulsa, those particular clubs, you know, if Rob Mason, you know, was st- ever stumbled on this, you know, the Gray Snail, you talk about the Brank uh, with Steve Kitchell, um, yeah. you know, there, were, and it kind of moved away from like there were bands like the Groove Pilots, you know, and Molly's Yes, and there were these bands that, you know, and, um, you know, that would kind of lean into the rock thing. Um, Rob Merrick, who may have been, you know, I, if I'm not, you know, there's a guy, Midwest Kings,
0: mm-hmm.
4: remember them, they were a rock band, but they were getting gigs. They were getting some of those gigs, but they were all like, you know, super young, like good looking dudes or whatever, you know, you know, they, they had a band, they, they had that look to them. And, um, and you guys, and I remember, and I'll tell briefly, I remember meeting you all and the most striking member of your band at the time was was your singer it was psych and because I, i'll ne- you know and i was just like i will never forget you all and i you was know, seeing him <laughs> and you know but you know that was you know down you know down for five and right, it was yeah. and um and i so actually think I,
3: todd that todd had talked to you about booking dud metal society for a yeah, short time I, in, the be- we, in the beginning too
4: yeah and we've yeah and you got you know and i just didn't do what you guys you know we're doing and it wasn't right. a it, you know and I didn't take on bands and to you know and look I want to tell bands this that may be watching this that only know me really through box talent if I couldn't do if I didn't feel like I could do something and make make the relationship valuable to everyone mm-hmm. you know then we just you know, it wasn't something that we felt like we could sure. do sure. you know what it would if, if if the band wasn't gonna win on you know by Connecting that, you know, in that way, you know, then I would, you know, but I always try to talk to people and I would try to be honest and, yeah. and, and, but, but now the scene has changed, right? I mean, once, yeah. totally, you know, once, yeah. ba- you know, Baker Street died, and, you know, and these and the clubs that you guys play that pa- you pack that you pack out and Dead Metal Society, you know, you guys are like, you know, you guys were just a you know. You know different you all are now playing like you know bigger stage of these casinos and you're doing all this stuff with you know something your hits a little bit closer you know to your heart now as oh, opposed absolutely, to right. yeah. you know and that's and so at the end you know you're talking about standing in the rain with the nine iron <laughs> you know you guys stood out there long enough and weathered all that all those things to where now you're getting to do And, you know, how blessed are you guys? And believe me, every time I see video or see a photo that you guys selfie, you guys taking a gig or whatever it is, I'm jealous. Uh I wish I was still doing it. Oh, man. You know, I don't wish I was living on a bus and I don't wish I was showering and, you know, in truck stops. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't wish I was doing. (laughs) But, But playing the gig, there's two things I still miss playing the gig. And being in the studio with the guys.
1: Yeah. Wow. Right. Here's some more uh, viewer comments. And we'll. I'm going to read you some of these. Um, uh, Don uh, Freeman Hosterman. She gave you a red heart. Um, Kay Kramer says they were always super approachable at shows, which made a huge difference to fans. Um, Jared Alex said. Um, let's see. Oh. Amanda Meek says, Jeff, you were always awesome to talk to and remembered your fans despite the time spacing between shows. Hmm. Um, Rob Merrick says, saw them in Springfield, Missouri several times. Hard to believe it was 20 years ago. Great memories for sure. That's awesome. Uh, Kay Kramer again said, so your live shows were fantastic and really drove the music to another level. Thanks uh, for making every show special. Looking forward to seeing you all again in the co- in the coming year.
2: Yeah, and let's make sure we drive it home. We, we have run so long with you. Thank Sorry. you for giving us so much time. This has just been amazing and very interesting. Uh, we want to make sure that people remember what you said, that you have Gravity Kills vinyl coming out in 2023 you guys need to get on instagram it's so cool and follow them at gravity kills stl very important
4: yeah and, and we are on facebook and you have that up too like, yes um, yes i um, want
1: you to come to a diamond ballroom
4: show they think that would be sweet yeah that would be yeah. great diamonds <laughs> man you played there and I'll tell you what how many times have you guys you know walked out of there like a you know like a four day old hamburger at mcdonald's <laughs> you know one <under> of those <laughs> parkans. cans they have the yeah oh it's they <laughs> like, like two feet above your head right right uh,
2: amazing yeah. well well listen jeff you are awesome and thank you for sharing so much uh great stories and knowledge and wisdom and education with us please stay in touch with us and we, we're going to help you promote this uh, vinyl when it comes out so don't uh, don't lose our phone number okay
4: no no, no not, and look i appreciate you just getting me on and letting me ramble and I could talk. You know, it'd be great. We could just sit out and talk for hours and hours and hours. You know, you all have great stories. You, That'd you know, be fun. and people and people who don't. You know, that have, two, that have You know, because like Kay Kramer, I know Kay. Met her and met her in Milwaukee at Summerfest. Uh, she was from Chicago. She now lives in Cincinnati. She has a son named Joshua. Um, um, you know, kind of one of those super fans. Um, you know, I guess the point is. The people that don't know the three people that i'm talking to they are insanely talented they have been in bands that have helped shape the tulsa music scene for years and years and years um and you know i wish and you guys should at some point you know they should follow you and you know you guys should plug you know i follow you individually but maybe spend more time you know if we're talking about you know people connecting and you didn't make me feel so irrelevant put up the stuff that you guys have gone through through the years and i know that you guys all have original projects as well that are somewhat current and you know and you guys you know these people that don't know you guys have only tuned in maybe because they know me there's some there's some real talent that i'm talking to tonight and um you know and these guys do this for the love of the scene and you know they don't get paid to do this stuff and they don't have to sit here on a thursday night with some guy that just you know is talking to hear himself talk and uh. no,
2: not at all no
3: man.
1: you're very
4: no. interesting we've
3: i've so enjoyed
1: sweet. it I've enjoyed
2: so it. sweet and thank and you thank you for the compliments
1: man. and, and you, man. we're very fortunate to have yes. uh, musicians as such as yourself that yes. that will you know come on our show and, and yeah. give us a i plan. don't know how you
4: get like some of these guys i'm like
1: how the fuck do they get that guy? I mean, like...
2: Yeah, we don't know yeah. either. It's it's kind of crazy.
4: It's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's,
3: it's, so it's weird really to gr- awesome. It's, it's weird to, to to grow up, you know, listening to Steven Piercy and watching Rudy Sarzo, and then 30 years later, you're sitting there talking to him. It's kind of a trip. Dude, honestly. I can't even begin to tell
2: you how bad our nerves <laughs> yeah. are before we go on live with those guys. Yeah. No, and then next that, week, we got Jeff yeah, Tate. Yeah, Jeff Tate. That's going to be intense. Yeah. So
4: That's <laughs> crazy. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a whole other we're talking about bands that you know and they break up and they have other right. things and yeah. singers and there's a whole nother thing it's like man it's you know the band from my era live they had a guy named chris shen singing for them and then you know they got the new they got the old singer back poor chris you know he got right. kicked to the yeah. curb chris so tell me shen, real quick
3: out of all the yeah. 90s bands and the early 2000s bands you played with who who was like oh wow we played with this band that's really cool well
4: molly crew not a mm-hmm. 90s band necessarily Wow. Um, Motley Crue,
3: that's, that's cool.
4: We played the Motley Crue, we played with Danzig, we hmm. played with, uh, played the Misfits, um, we played with Anthrax.
3: Oh, that's cool. Fun, Wow. Um,
4: we played with everybody, like, from Garbage to No Doubt, da- you know, those bands, right. too. And nothing, Ever crossed no, paths nothing.
3: with Nirvana or Alice in Chains? Or?
4: No, but the, no, we were not, um, no, we didn't. Um, played a lot of shows with the Foo Fighters wow um talk to um got to talk to those guys and they're always super nice to us I guess they ended to end
1: 94 anyway so yeah, I, would and, I would really love to did. borrow your wireless um handheld mic
4: you know what all you have to do is they make a plug it's just a it's a Sennheiser plug and a 55 we hot wire the 55 though it, you know it's it's a little hotter than than your normal 55 the ones yeah. that I have but um I got him Terry welty re, you know he you recapped all those uh, all those mics, but um, yeah, you just go get a wireless plug. It's a, you know, they make it for broadcast. Right. Um, yeah. You just get one of those plugs. Sennheiser makes them sure makes them. And, wow. uh, and then that's, and then I would have one on a stand that works. Uh, we have one, we have, there's somewhere. We have there one it is is it that one? Well, that's that. Yeah. That's, and that's a Sennheiser. Uh, it's a Shure mic with a Sennheiser wireless. on. Oh, it. oh yeah. So neither it one of bottom. us liked me but um with that said um um we had a, a, we have one with a light that that were these mics work the, with a light that shines out yeah and then we have another one that light comes back on my mouth oh wow cool. and um you know one's distorted and one's clean and you know what they do, do it's you know very cool very cool Shell, but um yeah you can get that stuff and now they make like Super cool 55s now, you know, with yeah. the blue, you know, the blue foam and then all that stuff. I mean, I just had like, you know, the old school whatever we, you know, we great. Just yeah. up
2: well, and, come down here and hang out with us sometime soon, or maybe we'll come up yeah. there and hang out with you.
1: Send us a message next time you're going to be coming down to Tulsa <laughs> for definitely. anything. You're going to yeah, need definitely. a hey, you're going to need a bass player for that for that Jeff.
3: You know show what? Maybe I will
4: send you some tracks. You know, um, and by yeah. the way, maybe sometime, you know, I know you guys do this in the studio, and I know it would be a super pain in the ass to do something live somewhere, but talk about how cool would it be if there was a live venue that you guys were trying to champion and you guys would occasionally broadcast from there. But I don't know that, you know, I'm like key rock, the caveman lawyer. here. I don't know the tiny demons that it takes to, you know, make all that stuff work Yeah. and all uh,
1: about a good internet connection. And, you know, you go somewhere and they don't have internet connection. You're you're, you're just going to be all over the place. So it's, you know,
4: Right on. But you guys all take care, and I really appreciate you reaching out. And we, you know, we were going to do this ages ago, and then you know something came up, and we couldn't do it. And um, you know, I I had a blast, and we you, know, again, well, thank you, you know, again, I can sit here and talk. You know, I'm maybe more opinionated than I should be. We, we, we're going to log off, but you can
3: still yeah. sit there and talk. You, you know? <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> I'm
4: going all, to. all three I, of us considering. All three I of us considering my my daughter's ring light. There oh, you yeah. go.
2: Now I can see you. There you wow. go. Wow.
4: Well, Open yeah, up. Yeah, I should have done that, but, um, <laughs> Let's but then you'll see teeth. my – Then you can see how – old I really am so nah, nah. Well, we'll just anyway but all, all uh, three gotta, of
1: us consider you a very good friend and, yes. and, and, and it's always a pleasure to sit down and have uh, a conversation with you especially uh, like one tonight maybe we can uh, have dinner sometime together and, and uh, talk some shit yeah. anyway uh, I really yeah. really appreciate you uh, reaching out and saying some really nice things to yes. me and and, and and on Messenger and all the good things and, and good things are always going to come your way and you've already climbed a mountain that I've never reached. And, but there, there, I have jealousy of that in myself. <laughs> Dude,
4: so. you, you all are still doing it and you all are, you know what? Uh, I mean, you, that you know, means
1: we're stupid. <laughs> that <laughs> means we haven't grown up.
4: We're just, nah, walls, that's all. It's a calling, man. No, I don't you want to grow it.
3: up, man. I don't want to grow no,
4: fuck up. Fuck that. I mean, yeah. just keep all right,
3: Well,
1: you take care, man. And, oh, gotcha. and we'll be looking forward to your vinyl and, yes. uh, yeah. Get gravity kills, kicks ass. Send me and, those and, tracks.
4: L- yeah. Right on guys. You guys. All right. You guys Love yeah, you, have bro. a good night. Thank you man. Super thanks for you. coming
1: on tonight.
2: Love you man. Talk to you soon. All
1: right. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Boom. Did it get hot in here all of a sudden?
2: Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. What thank is... you,
1: Amanda Meek for, uh, for awesome. all your awesome messages on our chat yeah, room. She yeah. says, great to see you, Jeff. Thanks TMS. Uh, Julie trout, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us in the chat room. Love you guys. Thank you. Amazing. Uh, thanks everyone. Um, was awesome. Thank you, Jared. Uh, thanks for hanging in with us. Thank you, Don, for hanging with us and Reno. You know, great interview. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Jeff. That's K. And uh, he can hopefully he'll come in the chat room and and uh, hit like and comment on some people's. Yeah, he's uh, a real
3: nice guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: We are we are running super late, but that one was worth it. Uh, quick thank yous. Actually, before I get to the sponsors. Teresa, do you want to say hi or just say hi from a distance? Hi from, okay. And we have Jeff Tate coming up, Jeff
1: Tate from Queensryche.
2: Yeah, matter of fact, let me put that up on the screen. We've got a couple announcements here. Uh, I'm confident enough to go ahead and talk about the second one because I think it is in the bag. We just haven't nailed down a date. Upcoming episodes, uh, Jeff Tate from Queensryche, um, Tuesday, November 15th. That's this upcoming Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central, and we uh, we also have a verbal commitment from Josie Scott from Saliva. He wants to come into the studio yeah. and be here in live. In the studio.
1: Be so cool. That
2: date will be announced soon. We think it might be in early December, but we haven't nailed it down totally yet. So that is coming. Thanks so much to uh, Dustin Little, PC. He's a great sponsor of our program. Uh, call him at 918-640-892 if you have some IT needs and he will hook you up. Identity Merch. Guys, it's getting cold out there. Uh, yeah. Go to our Facebook page and visit the online store. You can pick up one of those hoodies or a T-shirt. And
1: once you get your Tulsa Music Stream shirts, you <clears throat> finally have an identity. You know,
2: finally, finally. Deb concerts. Thank you for your support. Psychomo Filmworks and Surviving Rock, Oklahoma. And guys, don't forget Tuesday. This upcoming Tuesday, 8 p.m., Jeff Tate. That's going to be a big one, so make sure you get the word out and tune back in with us.
3: It's going to be gas, a gas, a real gas. It will be
2: amazing. Gas, gas, gas.
3: It is. It's going to be a
1: gas.
2: Very exciting. Thank you for sticking around for an extra half hour with us tonight. It was well worth it, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff Shell, you're awesome. And man. we Thank held you, on Jeff.
1: to people all night long, which is great. Um, hopefully, yes. we'll see you guys out the live shows for our Dead Metal Society, and Rocket Science shows, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for yep. tuning in. We'll see you in, uh, coming up. Peace yep. out, everybody.
2: Yep. See Have a good Tuesday. night. Good night, y'all.